You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Well, hey there. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 115. Today we're going to deal with a question. This is something that I, that I actually hear a lot in my role as a pastor. And people ask, um, what can I do to become more spiritually mature? How can I become more spiritually mature? Or what are some things I can do to kind of jumpstart me in my spiritual growth? You know, and every individual Christian is going to express their faith and live it out a little bit differently. You know, God didn't uh, create us with a, with a cookie-cutter approach. And, uh, you know, even though we're going to express our faith differently, even though we're going to maybe live it out differently, which is normal, there are some sound practices and principles that every believer should take a look at and participate in. And what we're going to do is we're actually going to discuss the idea, the concept of spiritual formation. And this is something that you actually kind of hear a lot about in the Christian world now, this idea of, uh, of spiritual formation, developing ourselves spiritually. Um, uh, our church has actually been going through a process of spiritual formation. Um, you know, if you go to a Christian college, they'll usually have a philosophy of spiritual formation because they want to help people become well-rounded, well-developed, and mature Christians. And so the things that we're going to discuss... Um, the uh, activities, if you will, um, they're often referred to as spiritual disciplines. And they're designed to help someone grow in their faith, to become more mature Christians, and most importantly, to help us connect with God on a regular basis. Because, you know, it's never about the the, the, the rituals or the things that we do as, um, you know, helping us to, uh, you know, become Christians or better Christians. Um, these are just means to an end. These are the, just things that help um, help us connect with God in a more um, uh, real and applicable manner for our lives. So the first thing I want to do is I want to give you a definition for spiritual formation. And this was a definition that uh, one of the churches that I work with as a consultant that I was I was kind of a- able to help them put together. But I'm going to give you this definition. It's kind of long, but it'll also help you to understand where we're going with this. So here's the definition of, of spiritual formation. Spiritual formation is the process and the journey that the members of blank church are all on to become genuine biblical disciples of Jesus Christ who carry the kingdom of God into every area of their lives. Every member is encouraged to work out their own salvation, both individually and corporately, through the guidance and the power of the Holy Spirit in these six key areas. Number one, personal Bible study and prayer. Number two, corporate worship. Number three, 
vital relationships. Number four, service in the church and in the community. Number five, generosity. Number six, sharing my faith. Spiritual formation is a major priority of Blank Church, and everything that we do is designed to help our members become diligent disciples of Jesus Christ. Now, I want to break down that definition a little bit. I want to just go through these six things really quickly and just give you a few comments on them and talk about how important they are. But this whole definition that I've gone through kind of lets you see the the big picture idea of what spiritual formation is. And, and you know, um, we, we, we don't get anywhere unless we have a plan. Uh, I heard John Maxwell say recently that hope is not a strategy. In other words, you can hope to uh, become a stronger Christian. You can hope to become more spiritually mature. You can hope to overcome some of those things that you struggle with, but hope is not a strategy. And so kind of what I'm giving you here is a big picture strategy on how to become more spiritually mature and how to be um, that Christian that overcomes, that Christian that lives the full life that God's called us to live. So we mentioned, first of all, number one was personal Bible study and prayer. Really, these always go together, you know, because the the, the Word of God um, is is the, the means, it's the instrument, it's the thing that God speaks through. It's living, it's active. Um, you know, the, the, the very word for inspiration is, is God-breathed, and it just conveys this idea of something that's alive. And, and prayer is the same way. You know, we, we read the Word, we study the Word, we meditate on the Word, but we also do it prayerfully. And, you know, really the, the, our prayer time, our time in the Bible um, should be things that really go hand in hand. And often it's it's during my, my time of reading the Word that something will speak to me or maybe I'll see something I haven't seen before or maybe I'll feel, um, get some special, you know, feel like God's speaking to me through a passage of Scripture and I'll take it and turn it into prayer. You know, pray God's Word back to Him. It's so important. But personal Bible study and prayer. And, you know, this is probably of all the the, the, the things that we're going to talk about the thing that's going to help somebody grow as a Christian more than any others. These other others are all important. We can't neglect them. But, you know, these are the big ticket items. Bible study, prayer, um, consistently. And when I say Bible study, I'm not talking about just going to church once a week and hearing the preacher. I'm talking about on your own, in the Word, every day. And, you know, we all have busy lives, but the, the things that we schedule are the things that get done. And if you have to block it out on your calendar, then do it. If you only have 10 minutes, make it 10 minutes, but be consistent in that time. Number two was corporate worship. There is a power when we come together to worship. And when we're talking about worship, we're talking about a worship service. Um, we come together and we we sing, um, opening our hearts up. There's something about music when we, when we sing to God and we sing together and we're worshiping God together. There's such a power in that. Um, says in the Psalms that God God dwells on the praises of His people, and so so we're we're worshiping together, we're praying together. Um, it's a time to hear from the Word together. Um, maybe receive personal prayer. Maybe um, a time to encourage other people. Uh, you know, it's just, it's a time to see our friends, but it's also a time to connect with God. There's something 
powerful about corporate worship. You know, the greatest churches are the ones when you walk in, you feel a buzz. And when the service is over, everybody hangs around because there's such a buzz. This isn't just because people are glad to see their friends. Of course, people are glad to see their friends. That's part of it. But it's more than that. There's something happening on a spiritual level. People have connected with God. Now they're connecting with each other. And that's number three. Number three is vital relationships. Um, When we're talking about spiritual disciplines, when we're talking about spiritual formation, listen, being connected to the right people is so important. Paul said, don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. It says in Proverbs that he who walks with a wise person will become wise, but a companion of fools will suffer harm, Proverbs 13. And for us, as the body of Christ, we are interconnected. You know, in Western Christianity, sometimes we, we, we forget about the interconnectedness of Christians. And it's very easy to focus on me and mine and my family and, and really forget that God has connected us as a body. And this isn't just something that's, um, you know, floating around in the universe. This is a real thing. That's why in church... We are connected through vital relationships. And, and, and most churches have small group programs, connect group programs. These are so important for allowing us to connect with each other. But it also happens as we serve in the house of God. But building relationships, and that means you serving other people and also being served by other people, leading other people, being led by other people. Um, these relationships um, really should become the, the one of the foundations of our lives. We grow as a result of our relationships. And, you know, the people around us are going to have such an influence on us. And so making sure that these are good, healthy relationships, because that's really kind of what discipleship is. Uh, number four, service in the church and in the community. You know, serving is one of those foundational principles in the kingdom of God. We never, ever, ever get away from the need to serve. Jesus said that, you know, he didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And as his followers, how much more for us? You know, we are called to serve. And, you know, it's too easy, again, in our Western world to have this consumer mentality where we go to church, where we sit, where we receive, and then we get up and leave. You know, listen, the church is not a hotel. It's a home. And it's a home where everybody should have a part. You know, when when, when I go to a hotel, I expect to be served. I'm paying for it. But, you know, if I come to your house, it doesn't bother me a bit to, to help with the dishes or to clean up after dinner, you know, um, you know, maybe help you do something that you need done at your house. You know, if we're family, that's what we do. And in the church, we always are looking for a place to serve. Um, you know, the church is, is not a place that's run by professionals. The, the, the greatest churches on the planet have pretty small paid staff and, and large volunteer staff. And there's a place for everybody to serve. But we also look for opportunities to serve in our community. Where can we help and, and where can we make a difference? 
You know, there's something powerful about looking for other people who need help, other people that we can serve in some concrete, tangible way. It might even be something as simple as sponsoring a child through Compassion International. That is a powerful way to serve. So just a couple of ideas, but serving in our church, serving in our community. Number five, generosity. Generous people are big people on the inside. People that are generous are are usually, we're not talking just about money, we're, they're generous in every area. They're big people, they're, they're gracious, they're kind, they're fun to be around. Everybody wants to be around the generous person because they're usually the fun person. They're, they're, they're open, they're fun to be with. The stingy person, the person that holds on, the person that never picks up a check at lunch, the person who never puts anything in the offering or just throws a few dollars in out of obligation, That person is usually miserable, they're stingy, they're fearful, they're worrying about their money. The generous person is giving generously, knowing that God is going to provide. You know, often people come to me and say, you know, we have different opportunities at church for people to receive prayer. You know, they'll come up and I'll say, you know, what can I pray for about? Oh, pray for my finances. And you just get a sense that, that they don't really understand because, you know, listen, we all go through financial trouble. Okay, I get it. But if you're coming up week after week after week after week after week asking for prayer for your finances, there's something else going on. And, you know, the thing about our finances is the key is in our own pocket. Jesus said, give and it shall be given to you. And the the generous man will be watered. And there's something powerful about releasing and giving and planting seeds. And, you know, this is financial this is, this is with our time. This is with our talent. But let's be generous people. You know, sadly, in most churches, it's a very small percentage of people who give generously. If we could help Christians, if we could help Christians to understand God's Word, if we could help Christians to understand the importance of generosity, the world would be changed in just a few years generosity. And then number six, sharing my faith. You know, this is not optional. Jesus' last command was, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. He said, go make disciples, teaching them all I've commanded you, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He said in Matthew 28, we call that the Great Commission. It's not the great option. We are called to share our faith. And if you want to grow as a Christian, and that was what we started off by talking about, how can I mature as a Christian? How can I develop my spiritual life? Well, you've got to be open to sharing your faith. There is something powerful about sharing your faith. And it might be something as simple as inviting them to church. You may not feel comfortable sitting down and having a deep conversation with them about what they believe and and, 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 and helping them and, and guiding them through maybe something that they're going through you know, spiritually. But you know what? You can invite them to church and allow God to connect with them there. That's a start. You know, there is something powerful. The people that I know that share their faith regularly, the people that I know that are bringing people to church regularly are the happiest people. They're fresh. Their their, their faith is the freshest. These are the people that are growing by leaps and bounds as Christians. There's something powerful about sharing our faith. 
So let me run through these real quickly again, just to remind you, these six things. Personal Bible study and prayer, do it every day. Corporate worship, do it every week. Vital relationships, we're part of the body of Christ. Service in the church and the community, we build our lives by serving other people. Generosity, generosity is one of those things that we often neglect But it's so, so important for our spiritual growth. And then sharing our faith. It's not an option. Now listen, you know, these are six things, but did I miss anything? What are some other things that you can do? What are some other important practices that you think um, we should mention when we're talking about spiritual formation and maturing as a Christian? I'd love to hear from you. Go to davidspell.com. Uh, Leave me a a comment in the comment section for today's post and let me know what you think. And while you're there, make sure you subscribe to get my free newsletter. Um, You'll love it. It's a great way to stay in touch with me. My blog just comes right into your inbox. And also, in today's show notes, you'll see a link for my course on Miracles and Mark. This is a video-based course Um, And it's based on a course that I teach regularly on the Gospel of Mark. I've written a book on Mark called Miracles in Mark. Um, But this course is a video-based course. There's 22 videos. They're all short. None of them are, I don't think any of them are over 15 minutes long. There's notes. There's quizzes that you can see what you're learning. But check it out. It's something that you'll really enjoy. You can use it in your own personal Bible study. You can also use it in small group Bible study. Well, friends, thanks for being with me today. Until next time, this is David Spell encouraging you to pursue your passion.